0: Virginia, I'm Chris Lang for the Virginia State Golf Association, and welcome to this episode of the VSGA's Golf in the Commonwealth podcast. It was a pretty big week in the Commonwealth if golf history is your thing. The Virginia Golf Hall of Fame held its sixth induction ceremony this week at Independence Golf Club and inducted its seventh class of members, including Bunny Blankenship, Grace Ann Braxton, Galen Hill, Jack Isaacs, Lily Harper Martin, and Phil Owenby. If you remember, the Hall of Fame inducted two classes at once in 2021 due to COVID canceling the 2020 ceremony. Those who attended the ceremony enjoyed an entertaining night led by M.C. Lanny Watkins, the World Golf Hall of Famer who was also part of the inaugural class of the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame back in 2016. Talk about coming full circle. Watkins' wit and improvisational skills certainly added to the induction ceremony came of no surprise considering his role as lead analyst for PGA Tour Champions events on Golf Channel. It was no coincidence that the Hall of Fame ceremony was scheduled for the same week as the Dominion Energy Charity Classic, which begins on Friday at the Country Club of Virginia's James River course and concludes on Sunday. Watkins carved a little time out of his very busy schedule to chat about his Virginia roots on this episode of the podcast. We chatted on Thursday afternoon outside in the Golf Channel compound, which runs left of the 10th fairway at CCV. Thankfully, we didn't catch any strays from the second pro-am of the week, which was happening at the same time. There are a million places you could go in a conversation with the 72-year-old Watkins, but this being a VSGA podcast and all, I wanted to focus on Watkins' Virginia experiences. From growing up at Meadowbrook Country Club in Richmond to beating his younger brother in the VSJ Amateur Championship. Also, he won his first pro check at the James River Course when he finished a stroke clear of Brother Bobby to win the 1971 VSGA Open. The payout? A cool thousand bucks. Doesn't sound like a ton, but we did the math. Uh, Okay, okay, I Googled it. And that would be worth $7,328.59 today. Not too bad for a first win. That was a jumpstart to a career that included a U.S. Amateur title in 1970, where he beat Tom Kite. 21 PGA Tour wins. A major victory in 1977 at the PGA Championship, where he beat Gene Littler in a playoff and finished a stroke clear of some dude named Nicholas. And three T3 finishes in the Masters. Quite the career indeed. Let's dive into our conversation with Lanny Watkins. Well, first off, I wanted to ask about the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, that you got to MC over at Independence Golf Club. Obviously, you were part of the very first class of the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame, among many other halls of fame. Um, what was that like to be able to come back, kind of get full circle, and and be the MC for that ceremony?
1: Well, it was pretty special. Uh, last night was a cool night to be there and be part of it. You know, for me, it's always great being back here in Richmond and uh, seeing so many friends and. Everything looks so familiar in so many ways, and there's some things that don't look familiar because I've been gone for a long time, but uh, it's just great being back here. And, you know, I drive around the golf course here at the River Course today, and it's just spectacular. I, I, you know, I never forget how gorgeous Virginia is.
0: I mean, you were able to do some ad living too last night, which was, I thought was fantastic. I mean, you, you obviously have a pretty vast knowledge of the history of Virginia golf, seeing some of those photos and being able to pick guys out. Or was it just kind of fun to be able to cut, you know, kind of rip some of the guys that you were talking to? Well, it to was. Too.
1: I mean, I saw some guys, and I've played with a lot of the guys that were there, and, you know, I mean, I, I actually probably saw Tom Strange, you know, play more golf than his boys did, you know, when he passed away when they were young, so – and he was quite an accomplished player, and then obviously – Played a lot of golf with Sam Snead, Vinny Giles, and I uh, never really played with General Harper, but I saw him play. So, you know, we've got a lot of great, great players in our in our past here in Virginia.
0: Um, growing up at Meadowbrook, I mean, how, how did that that club in Richmond really shape your golf career?
1: Well, I was fortunate. I was kind of like right place at right time when my I got my dad got me interested in golf and wanted to play more than. Uh, Meadowbrook was a brand new course I think it was like 250 bucks for him to join or something south side of Richmond and uh, we had a pro there Popeye Lumpkin that just loved kids and Bobby and I went right into the junior clinics and uh, we, we really just learned that way with other kids and I think it was a great way to learn in fact I insisted that my boys when they came up learn the same way because I thought if they were competitive they're going to want to beat the other kids that are in the clinics so if they want to do that that's going to make them better quicker and it worked out well that's kind of the way it worked out for me and bobby and it worked out well for my boys also but uh i think you know getting to play in meadowbrook every day being a brand new course it was never crowded we were kind of right place right time we could go play saturday morning sunday morning didn't have any restrictions on kids because it, it wasn't enough play so, you know, we got to go round and round and round and just play a lot of golf. Have
0: you had a chance to go back down there recently? Have not been back in a while, no. Okay. Uh, it seems like it stands the test of time pretty well. We had a couple championships there this year. I've heard that, yes. Yeah. yeah. Really good shape. So, um, you know, you were contemporaries a lot. of You were talking a little bit ago about uh, some of Virginia's golf legends, Vinny and Curtis and Wayne Jackson and guys like that. So just kind of tell us. What it was like competing against those guys in that age.
1: Well, they were always great players. I mean, I looked up to guys like Vinny and Wayne Jackson, a little older than me, and I respected them and Ned Baber and uh, some of those people that had had really, you know, Moss Beecroft guys that were well-established in the Virginia golf scene. Uh, I knew what they had done, and I I respected it. Uh, You know, I was trying to beat them, so it was made it very competitive for me knowing what they had accomplished. And, of course, when somebody has accomplished something like that, you've always got that aura about them. You put them up a little bit higher on a pedestal, so you want to work a little harder to knock them off. So, for me, it was always kind of fun. Now, when I was, you know, playing when I won the Virginia Amateur, Curtis, I was only 20. Well, Curtis was 16, so he was four years behind me, if you will. So, we we did play the year I won the Amateur. I beat Curtis in the semis and actually beat my brother in the finals. So it was that was kind of cool, but uh, you know, I played a lot with all that group of guys, and the next group of of Curtis and Skeeter Heath and that group behind them. You know, I was already going to the tour by then. Right. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Mossy. Obviously, he's another Virginia Golf Hall of Famer, and
0: uh, you talked a little bit about him last night. What was your memories of him? By who? Moss Beecroft.
1: Oh, Moss. Yes, Moss Beecroft. I thought was just one of the really great characters and nice guys. I mean. Uh, I think he was a favorite of everybody. I, I, I love being around Moss. I love playing against him. I love getting paired with him. Uh, just uh, he was always just a delight. He, he was like a was like a forty year old man in a twenty year old body. Or you know his mind was about always twenty. He was he was always he always seemed like he was thirty years younger than he was. You know he was he had a lot of energy and uh, a really really cool guy to be around. If you
0: take us back you mentioned the the final against your younger brother at the cascades I mean what was that like to to get to that point and have to play you, your your sibling in a championship match for well a. It, it
1: was pretty exciting number one we were both playing well I was playing extremely well uh in fact in the morning round I was one down after eighteen I had shot sixty nine Bobby shot sixty eight but in the afternoon I lit it up pretty well and I think i I walked him in about six and five or something but uh, I got off to a really hot start in the afternoon. I got I birdied the first three holes and never looked back. So, uh, and I played that course really well. I, I really liked the Upper Cascades course, the Cascades. Uh, I felt like my game fitted well. I I knew what clubs to hit. I knew the lines off the tees, and um, I had a lot of success there. I just felt felt very much under control on that golf course. Yeah, it's a it's an unbelievable track. I mean, was there any hard feelings afterwards that, between you guys after? Not any more than normal. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just brotherly stuff. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Um, where we talked about Vinny a little bit. But Steve Isaacs mentioned it last night. He said he's the greatest amateur of all time. Do you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah.
1: I, I think the yeah, there's you know, particularly from this area, no question. I mean, there are some great amateurs over the years. You look back, I would definitely put Vinny in the top five with guys like, you know, Charlie Coe and Jay Sigal, uh, you know, would be the only two that come to mind to me. Maybe Harvey Ward before he ever turned pro. Uh, but guys, just you know, but those—I mean—that three or four. Vinny's in the top five, no question of nationwide of everyone. So yeah, he could really play. Uh, always wondered what he would have done had he turned pro, but uh, he had plenty of game. He played well in the Masters a couple of times as an amateur, so uh, there was plenty of game there. What were your memories of, of what his uh, <coughs> his strengths were when you when you had a chance to play with him in his prime? Well, he was a good ball striker, but he was always a great putter, great up and down. Uh, he could get the ball in a hole from anywhere. Uh, he drove it well. He had plenty of length. Uh, you know, he had a good golf swing. I remember him, you know, especially younger, in college age, his golf swing was really, really good. And he was just uber competitive. I mean, did not like to lose and... Uh, he was a grinder. He, he never gave up and um, had, had a golf game that fit everywhere he went. I mean, if you think about it, he had success all around the country, all around the world. So it, he wasn't limited to one area of the country, he played well everywhere. It doesn't seem like that competitiveness has
0: waned all that much. I don't think so. Age. No, he's
1: probably still very competitive. You get out there, he's going to want to win. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, you get a chance to come back here to CCV every year as part of your Golf Channel duties. Um, what's, what's your favorite memories when you come back to Virginia and get a chance to get back here and see the old places and family? And-
1: well, I mean, I think a lot of th- what I really like coming back here to the River Course is seeing that it just doesn't change much. So, you know, the memories are right there. They flood back. I qualified for the U.S. Amateur here when I was 16 years old. Uh, played at Marion in 1966. Uh, The year I won the U.S. Amateur in 70, I actually went through qualifying here, you know, and I won a Richmond City Amateur here at this golf course. Uh, So, I mean, I had a lot of success here. Then, obviously, my very first professional check ever, I won the VSGA Open here in 1971 uh, and won my first check, $1,000 right here. Nice. Um, How much
0: has the whole game changed as far as going from – where you were as, as a junior to to college, and then and then to the pro ranks, it seems like there's so many different routes now, and especially on the
1: junior side. Of well, that. the game itself has changed completely with the you know the changing of the the clubs and the balls. It's a different kind of game. It's gone from being you know more of a power game and less precision, uh, less maneuverability in the golf ball. Uh, it's more about how far can you hit it and chase it and hit it again. And short game is still very important. Green speeds are faster than they were when I was growing up, but that's agronomy is better than it was. So there's so many things that have changed. Uh, you know, the golf ball probably has changed the most because it now goes so far. Yeah. Your time at Wake Forest,
0: I know we've had a lot of Virginians that have had a lot of success down there. What was, what was that, that school like and what made it special to you?
1: I liked it because I didn't go to a big high school. Meadowbrook was a small high school, only 800 students. Well, I looked at uh, Houston and Florida as well when I was being recruited. And uh, I, the size of Wake Forest and the proximity to Richmond, I, I was away from home, but not, you know, it was four hours, so it wasn't bad. Florida and Houston were a lot further, and they were they were massive. I mean, I want to say each of them was in the twenty thousand student range, whereas Wake was thirty five hundred. So it felt a little bit more like what I was used to. I didn't feel like I would be lost down there, and I really, I really love the golf Coast. Jesse Haddock was a second father to me, so. And we had a wonderful, wonderful course to play on. Old Town Club was a Perry Maxwell golf course that has stood the test of time. And I think, you know, for me and Curtis and Jay Haas and all the guys from Holberg, and uh, even into Zalatoris and those guys will tell you that a lot of their development through college was being able to play Old Town Club every day. If you can play that golf course, you can play anywhere. Is that the sort of school where you, you still keep up with what's going on right now in mean, the I was, program? And- I, I do, and I was uh, Michael Brennan, who won the Virginia State Amateur here a few years ago, is on, currently on my scholarship at Wake Forest. He's on the Lanny Watkins Scholarship. Uh, last year's Rookie of the Year on tour, Cameron Young from Wake Forest, was on my scholarship at Wake Forest. So I've had as many quality people on my scholarship as Palmer has had on his, So it's, which has been kind of cool for me. To see some of the guys on my scholarship that I put a lot of money into, you know, doing very well. So I've been following Michael's career. Uh, you know, he's, I think, from Leesburg, Virginia. Yep. And, uh, I mean, he, he won the Virginia State Amity. He's won already four times at least as a collegiate player down there. And, and he actually won Colonial, the tournament, the college tournament at Colonial in Fort Worth. So I thought that was kind of cool because there are three other Virginians that have won at Colonial, Sam Snead, Chandler Harper, and myself. So that's very cool. Yeah, and he played in that PGA Tour event over at Riviera. Too, yes, he like did. Just- where I hold, I hold the tournament record, and, and, and yeah, he he qualified and played there. Yes, yeah, that was awesome.
0: Um, you know, where are some of your best Ryder Cup stories? I mean, you had a chance to play them. You had several of them, and Captain one of them.
1: Well, I mean, played eight Ryder Cups and just a lot of them. Uh, probably the best we, you know. The exciting one, as you remember, I remember the the one at, at the Greenbrier in 79, Larry Nelson, our partners, forced. we won all our matches the first two days. We went 4-0, and, oh, and three of those matches we beat Sevy and his partner, so that was kind of exciting. Then Larry took him down individually. Then, of course, being involved, I was just riding around looking at the course here with my announced partner, George Savaricus, went by Colin Montgomery, and we said, yeah. I said Colin was at the Ryder Cup in 91 at Keelan. Hale Irwin and I handed him his. his it was his very first Ryder Cup, and we inaugurated him with a loss, his first one. So uh, I did. I did well with Hale. Well, I don't think Hale and I were ever beat. We were like three and zero or something. So he was a great partner. Yeah, I guess one of the things that people
0: don't know as much about you is that you're into course design as well. And uh, you know what? What interested you in that? In that side of the business? I just always
1: loved you know what made golf courses tick, and looked at them. And I don't think you can play this game for a long time and not have some interest in it so you know i'm about okay what can i if i had a had a a canvas and a landscape you know what can i make out of it so i've had the opportunity to do it a few times and i've got a great design partner now and i've had for the last 10 years i've had the number one ranked course that you can play in the state of texas lajitas uh, resort down the rio Grande. so it's uh been very successful it's quite a golf course and quite a place so very proud of that and i've got another half dozen places around so probably will be something i do more and more of going forward and maybe less and less of tv yeah i understand that um what you what what were some
0: of your favorite golf courses that you played in your life And I mean obviously you've played a ton of them
1: well i mean obviously number one comes right to is pebble beach i i mean i won the pga there but i also think it's just it's pretty a place with a great golf course that I've ever seen. I, I just, I never get tired of being at Pebble Beach, looking at the course, the quality of the golf course, the small greens, which I really love. And then on the other side of the United States, I think Shinnecock Hills is spectacular. So I those are two of my very favorites. So it's, um, you know, back here in Virginia, I, I love this place here at the Country Club of Virginia. Down.
0: Yeah. Um, you're, you're here, obviously, we'll get a chance to hear you this weekend on the uh, Golf Channel. What's your
1: favorite part of that job, being able to get out here and mix it up with the guys? And... Still staying relative, still seeing the guys. Uh, I'm fortunate that majority of the courses, not only have I done TV there now a number of times, but I've played the courses. Now i played here, not in this tournament, but I've played here over the years. Uh, we're going to do a tournament. The next one will be in Boca Raton. Normally, the course we play there, I, I played it about three or four times on Champs Tour, and then I've done a bunch of TV. The same thing with the, the following the Schwab Cup, the Phoenix Open is at Phoenix Country Club. I won the Phoenix Open on that golf course. Shot 63-65 the last two days to win by six. So I've got, had a lot of success out there, uh, so I know that place well. So to go back to places, not only have I done TV, but TV, but played well on, uh, it, It's it's a lot of fun for me. Feels like it gives you some credibility,
0: too, as far as just knowing every yes.
1: shot. I know exactly what it takes to get the job done there. No yeah, All
0: right, Lanny. Well, we appreciate your time here this week. Uh, uh, good luck with the tournament this week. We'll be listening to you. Thank you. Again, we thank Lanny for his time on this episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. As I said earlier, there were so many different ways that conversation could have gone, concerning the breadth of his Lanny's Hall of Fame career. I'd encourage anyone who is a golf history nut to search Lanny Watkins on YouTube where you find a treasure trove of interviews and other content where he goes into stuff with the Ryder Cup, his career, his experiences in the majors, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lot of good stuff there. Um, Very interesting guy. And he's got a wealth of golf knowledge from being around the game as long as he's been. Be sure to catch Lanny on Golf Channel's coverage of the Dominion Energy Charity Classic this weekend as well. It will air from 7 to 9.30 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, and from 6.30 to 9 p.m. on Sunday. And for more on the Virginia Golf Hall of Fame, check the website at virginiagolfhalloffame.com in the coming weeks, as the full video and photos from the ceremony will be posted as we get them. You can head there now, in fact, to read up on all the members of the 2022 class that I mentioned earlier, along with the six previous induction classes. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and until next time, so long.